0: What is up guys? Welcome to the Talk It Over podcast. I'm Kleese Harris. And I'm Jelly Frigo. And today is Monday, August 8th. Khalees. Yes, Jelly. I miss you. I literally saw you yesterday at our summer league game. But the past is in the past. That's true. Well, today is a new day. A new day means a... New, new episode! episode. <laughs> Who we got today, Jelly. Well Khalees,
1: we have Reagan Ruddy from Cayman Islands and she goes to Florida University.
0: She is Cayman Islands first Olympic gymnast. And she is a warrior. With that being said, thank you Reagan and thanks to everyone for listening. Hope you guys enjoy. Yes, thank you. And today we are here with
2: Reagan Rutty, me. <laughs>
0: Woo! Let's go. So, Reagan, can you introduce yourself a little bit?
2: Um, like they, I said, my name's Reagan Rutty. I'm originally from the Cayman Islands and I'm their first ever Olympic gymnast.
0: Nice. Wow. That's <laughs> awesome. So, at what age did you start um, doing gymnastics?
2: So when I was about four years old, uh, my older sister was in gymnastics. And being the annoying younger sister, I had to do everything she was doing. So when I was four.
0: (laughs) That's awesome. And like you said, you you grew up in the Cayman Islands. So how how were gymnastics there?
2: So um, there is still... Um, and when I was growing up, there's only one gym and usually like, for example, in America, there's hundreds of gyms in just a city. Mm -hmm. So everyone went there. It was extremely small. It's a beautiful facility, but there's no foam pitch, which is really essential for up training in gymnastics seeing is that as you get higher up in levels, the skill level becomes more dangerous. So because of that, I had to move, um, and started
0: training in texas nice so did you move with your family or without your family
2: so i actually left um well that was about to sound really dramatic but i moved away from my family um and started doing like online school so i lived with host families and i lived with a total of four different host families while training
1: in texas wow and how were all of those four experiences
2: they were all very different. Mm-hmm. Um, so it was a lot of adjusting, obviously for each different family. Um, everyone had a different kind of house, every family had different kids, different sort of dynamics. So not only was I adjusting to training and um school,
1: I was also adjusting to lifestyle. Mm-hmm. Did they like support you with like rides and like with the sport with gymnastics so
2: um the reason why I would live with the specific host families that I did was because their children also did gymnastics and Mm -hmm. went to the gym that I would go to Mm -hmm. so they were um always really good with rides and everything like that because usually we everyone was going in like the same destination at the same times
0: how was um you know, like you said, like, so you had a sister who did gymnastics and you got to watch her, um, you know, do that. And it made you love it more. But when you went to these host families, how was seeing the other kids do gymnastics and like uh, you living with them?
2: So, um, it was always really cool because they obviously got to start in a gym that had more um, infrastructure in a way and spotting, which is like when a coach kind of lifts you through skills. So a lot of times they were more advanced than I was, but I didn't use that as intimidation. I used that as I want to be equal or at that level with them. And eventually I kind of did get there, but it was always just really cool to be around like-minded individuals and yeah.
0: Yeah. Like you said, um, there, sometimes it would be more advanced. How did that, uh, at, a, at a young age, I know, especially with girls, you know, seeing people ahead of you, it could make you like get in that kind of bad mindset so how did you uh pursue to just keep going even though people were ahead of you
2: so when I first got to Texas there were girls my age or sometimes younger that were better than me so and just because of how young I was it was incredibly intimidating and um, very frightening and I felt um, I'm a huge people pleaser so because of that I often compare myself with other people so as I got older I just had to learn how to not compare myself and I used to tell myself all the time that there's going to be people who are better than you and worse than you it's all about focusing on yourself you came from
0: a whole different you came from an island and it's way and mm-hmm. um gymnastics was probably different like you said they had better facilities and more facilities so coming from all the way from where you came from how do you feel that you you know you got to train with the people from America and just see it different like that's a, I feel like that's a good achievement you know you're coming from your home you're from Cayman Island and you go to America so how did that make you feel?
2: I was, um, It was a big adjustment like I said um, something funny is just like the way that I grew up talking like people in Cayman are really big on manners. So like, yes, ma'am, like saying thank you and pardon all the time. So that was something funny that people would kind of pick out from me. But I think, um, it was hard for some people to kind of understand why I left and would train at a different gym. But a lot of times people almost celebrated it and realized the opportunity that came along with an international gymnast.
0: How was uh not being able to see your family for, you know, for so long? How, do, how was that at a young age?
2: That was definitely the hardest part and one of the hardest things I've ever gone through and might ever I don't know what I just put there. That was one of the hardest things that I'd ever gone through and probably will ever go through. Just being so young and how intense gymnastics training is. Um, I was always really kind of envious of girls that had a rough practice and could go home and hug their families. But all I could do was call and text them. And I'm so grateful for things like FaceTime because I don't think I would have been able to get through everything I went through without
1: FaceTime. Yeah, right. Um, how, like, what was, when was the longest part about being, sorry, let me repeat that. How What was the longest time of going without seeing them? So the longest
2: I went without going home was eight months. And that was also the longest I went without seeing my dad. And then the longest I went without seeing my mom was probably like four or five months.
1: Wow. Yeah. yeah, it was a long time. Well, being away from home, did you find any people that felt like home?
2: So I was very fortunate Um, with host families. They were always very welcoming mm-hmm. and they tried obviously their hardest to make everything feel like home and developing friendships with the my teammates who I trained with and being able to have those close relationships
0: definitely made it easier. So after that, you attended the University of Florida, am I correct?
2: Yes, I'm here right now. Go
0: Gators! Gators. (laughs) So how's that going?
2: I actually really love it in Gainesville. I feel like it has a lot of hidden secrets in the sense that there's actually a lot to do here than people realize. And I love the school spirit and football season and everything like that. And I love school, so
0: what is I like your the
2: academic uh, validation. <laughs> what are you uh, studying? I'm studying psychology mm-hmm. in hopes of either becoming a sports psychologist or a child trauma
0: therapist. Ooh. We need more of those. <laughs> yes. Um. Have, did you ever have any thoughts about uh trying to do the gym? Do that? Have, have gymnastics teams in Florida, uh, Florida University, right?
2: Yes. So when I was younger, I always wanted to, and then just growing up in Cayman, it always seemed like too
0: too far of a goal.
2: And I was always just really focused on the international aspect of
0: my gymnastics career. So you've done a lot of. Do you guys call? Do you guys call it meets or? Yeah, yeah. Okay, done a lot of meets. Um, in 2016, you did the Pan American Championship. You finished 26th and that was in 2016. So, what age were you then?
2: I was 14. 14. Wow!
0: Wow! So, uh, what was the age in that uh that championship? So, um,
2: so that competition was a junior competition. And how junior meets work is, I don't know what the minimum age is, but basically when you turn 16, you're counted as a senior. So that's when you go to the bigger competitions like Commonwealth Games, Olympic Games. Like those are all senior competitions. And the junior competitions is essentially anyone who's younger than 16. Mm-hmm.
0: So how was that experience? That was your first um, ever one in 2016, 2017. So how does it feel um, to compete in that? I,
2: um, I, get, it's such a weird thing. And I was talking to my mom, I think about this is, I can't all, I can't remember all of my competitions. And I think that's just because of the adrenaline that's pumping through your body. Yeah. But I remember it being extremely difficult because that was in um, Bolivia. And I believe that's the one that was in Bolivia. And the altitude was incredible incredibly high and coming from an island that's completely on sea level mm-hmm. that was a huge adjustment and I remember everyone who did not come from a country like mountains and or anything like that struggled a lot yeah
0: and then 2016 you competed in the Central American Sports Festival and you placed 16 that was the year after that so from going to 26th to 16th what did you think that you Worked on, and I know you said the gratitude was one of the things, but what do you think you worked on to get better to play 16th?
2: So, at that competition, I didn't fall. <laughs> I remember mm-hmm. I didn't fall. So, in gymnastics, if you fall or any other kind of deduction, but especially falling, it's a automatic one point deduction. And I was really happy at that competition that I did well because that qualified me um, for a
1: senior mm-hmm. competition. When you, whenever you did fall or like any of the deductions, how do you feel like when that happens? Like, do you just pick up, pick yourself up? Do you like stay there and like freak out? Like what goes through your head?
2: So um, in gymnastics, it's very difficult because when you fall, depending on the event, you have, okay, besides floor, because floor, your floor music is constantly going. So you have to get up right away and just almost pretend like it didn't happen. Mm -hmm. But for example, if you fall on beam, you only have 10 seconds to get back up. So for me, I never wanted to take the chance of going overtime because that's a big, that's also a big deduction. So within like a second or two, you have to try your hardest to collect yourself and be able to move on in hopes of not making any further m- mistakes. Wow.
1: It's so very hard. difficult. <laughs> What's your favorite, like, routine routine or event? So my
2: favorite routine or, like, event was always bars. And it, interesting enough, it never used to be. I used to find it extremely difficult. But as I grew older and kind of learned – how to almost do it properly it was always just really fun to feel like you're flying and just gliding through the air
1: wow i can do gymnastics the <laughs> are really cool yeah especially when you go from the top bar to the little bar or to yes the tall bar. Yeah, that's
2: one of my favorite skills. i don't see how
1: like that's even to, humanly possible you have to be strong for that though like you it's a lot to to of arms i
0: would
2: like to think i was kind of strong <laughs> <laughs>
0: So COVID hit, and then you had to go back to Texas. Um, So I know a lot of different, we talked to a lot of different athletes, like different sports, and they all have a different um, perspective on COVID, when COVID hit. So what was going through your mind when COVID hit, when you were um, just doing all these meets and then COVID hit?
2: So um, COVID hit in March, and I believe it was March 11th. I got home from practice. Um, and I had a meet, I believe that was supposed to be in like a week or two. And my mom called me and she said, um, Reagan, you need to come home because your dad's scared that they're going to shut down Mm Cayman. And so I packed all my things and the next morning I had to fly home to Cayman and completely stop training. And sure enough, the country did shut down. So she was correct. Um, And I went three months without doing any sort of gymnastics. I obviously worked out and everything, but it's a lot different than doing actual flips and everything. And that was the longest I went without doing gymnastics in my entire gymnastics career. So when I went back to Texas, it was like starting over and starting from square one, essentially.
1: Wow. Wow. So how were you able to like, come back from that obstacle
2: i think what almost made it easier and what i had to realize is that everyone is in this position every gymnast all over the world has had to start over and actually i feel like being in in texas especially we had it the best because texas kind of opened up the fastest and some people it took even more months for them to be able to go back into a gym so I feel like we were um, especially blessed with that. But that's what kind of kept me going is realizing that everyone is almost at an equal playing field right now in the sense that everyone's having to start over. It's kind of like a comfort, key, okay, yeah. in a weird way. Yeah, I was, it was my coping mechanism for sure. <laughs>
1: right. So throughout all your years um, doing gymnastics, have you ever had like an injury? I have had a lot of injuries. Um,
2: I've broken my nose. And funny enough, I've coached gymnastics now and a kid broke my nose. So in a way, I broke my nose twice doing gymnastics. Uh Um, I had really, um, I rolled my ankles twice before. It's really common to hurt your ankles, but like there was two significant times. And one was actually two weeks before the Olympics. Um I had elbow surgery and I've pulled and torn things but dislocated ribs stuff like that. Ribs? Yeah. <laughs> wow. Um bars and falling
0: don't really go well together all the time. So <laughs> Yeah. Dang. So you said you um sprain sprained or twisted sprain you said sprain, right?
2: I actually never
0: went to the doctor before. Th-
2: because okay. I didn't want them to put me in a boot or a cast. <laughs>
0: so you did the, wait, so you did the Olympic sort of sprain ankle?
2: I have a picture. Um, and it was literally like a week before we were supposed to leave. And it might, like, you can't see my ankle bone. <laughs> it was terrible. And still you still
0: it. did it. That's Yeah, I mean, I knew
2: I wasn't going to miss it. And so that was a big, that was a big bump in the road. <laughs>
0: for sure wow. commitment. Right no now. that is that's <laughs> my ankle and i quit the sport yeah that <laughs> that is big commitment wow <laughs> you said oh, i'm not going to the doctors so how did it how did the injury happen and when it happened who would you call and would you would you tell them what they say i just, just want to hear about that story
2: it was the dumbest thing ever of how i did it um I finished like all my tumbling for the day basically and my coach coach Johnny was like let's just go through the routine and I want you to work on this one part. It was like a jump. It was a little sachet. And I was like okay, I'm going to I'm going to make this the most perfect thing ever. And um I basically just had to point my toes. Like that was the thing. I was like I'm going to point them so hard. And I went and then my foot didn't land and it just completely rolled oh. and then I was like crying kind of but I was really trying to hold it in because I was like I can't go home because I need to practice and then it just swelled up so bad and I had to go to bars and I remember I was sitting on the bars ready to go and I looked at my ankle and I looked at my coach Eddie and he was like yeah that looks pretty bad and I was like yeah but I'm still gonna do this turn like I'm still going (laughs) so yeah there was a lot of lot of issues with it that's why like all the pictures of me at the olympics like my ankles look like i'm wearing boots
0: because they were just so swollen all the time wow. <laughs> when you um when you did that did you call your mom or dad and tell them what happened i i honestly can't remember
2: i'm sure i did call them but i was like oh gosh like my mom's gonna be like not mad at me, but just upset for me. Mm-hmm. Um, but I I remember I kind of freaked out of it because I was like, I just can't believe this happened. I cannot believe that this just happened. But I knew that I couldn't control that just happened. I knew I just had to control what I did in the future to make the most of it even know that that's That's like that's a
1: warrior story like you just said never went to the doctor never went to the doctor competed I I
2: was I was gonna make an Instagram post actually the other day because it came up like a year ago today and it's like a video I just I would set up my camera at um gym just to watch back what I did Mm -hmm. and it's a video of me and uh, I come off of the bars whatever and I look at the video I'm like (sighs) like it's the dumbest thing ever but like I'm limping so much and then the next thing like when you swipe over it's just my ankle ginormous so I thought it was like a cool almost behind the scenes of what people don't always see type thing yeah maybe I'll still post that tomorrow
0: (laughs) I think you should post it Um, no definitely I, I was
1: saying, we'll repost
0: it. Yeah, we'll repost it. We'll talk we So I just want to hear about, you know, how you got invited to the Olympics and that first feeling of getting that call. Like, the Olympics are like the Olympics, like you okay, competed in the Olympics. Like, I just want to hear about that story.
2: So um, I was at practice and I was checking my phone in between rotations. So when we finished an event, we kind of go get drinks. A drink of water and I checked my phone and um, I don't know if y'all use WhatsApp it's what people yeah. okay yeah okay <laughs> and it was like a forwarded message from my mom saying um, universality spot confirmed or something like that congratulations and I remember I texted her being like what and she just replied yup and it was that back and forth until I finally called her and she just told me my nickname's Pookie she's like Pookie you did it and I just like broke down crying and like my coach was crying all the parents that were in the waiting room were crying because it was just like it was like to this day like yes competing in the olympics is obviously the best day of my life but hearing that you're gonna go to the olympics and like knowing that everything that you've worked for your entire life has finally paid off that just that feeling is just unmatched yeah yeah
0: so how does it feel? You know, like once you hit the uh, arena and you just saw like everything. How was yeah? How was that first? I asked that first. So
2: that was actually a year ago today. Um, it comes up on like all my things. So we have something called podium training, mm-hmm. and the best way to kind of describe that is like um. Like a dress rehearsal so you kind of go in and feel the equipment and do your routines and show the judges so that they can also kind of practice their judging Mm -hmm. and i will never forget walking into that stadium and my heart just dropping like it was it's the most beautiful stadium i've ever seen but just seeing the olympic
1: rings everywhere it's crazy Mm -hmm. wow who went to like your first olympics like family friends
2: so because of COVID, um, there was no spectators.
1: Mm. So my
2: family wasn't there. <laughs> but um, oh, my, my mom somehow was able to say that she was like my manager. So then she was able to go. Wow. <laughs> she help because if you're the only gymnast you can only have one coach but the thing is a lot of times there's meetings at the same time as practices and obviously my coach can't miss practice and be at the meeting at the same time so anytime I was like that my mom would go and get the paperwork for him and stuff like that
0: wow mom, mom. yeah
2: I her my mom a jerk <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that's
0: okay so cool. that's awesome so you competed in your first olympic um what a what routine did you do we did bars right
2: I, um, because I was individual, I had to do all four. I used, I've always done all four besides one meet and I only did bars because I was injured, yeah. but I that, not have always done all four.
0: <laughs> so how was that? You know, well, there were, even though there was no crowd, um, still how was performing, you know, in front of your mom? Like you said, she's always said like you finally made it. So just, you know, performing in front of your mom at the Olympics, yes. you know, to perform there.
2: It was, it was crazy. And I was really fortunate because the girls who I rotated with, we were all the only ones for our country. So it felt like we kind of made our own team. And we supported each other and would cheer on one another because we were all just so happy and excited to be there that it, no matter how bad or how good you did, all you could do was be happy because every one of us was making history for our countries. Right, right. And just competing and seeing the Olympic rings is like, all we ever dreamed of so that the, f- the fact that we finally accomplished all of our d- dreams and um, representing our countries on the biggest stage is just incredible
0: awesome. I can't even imagine what that felt like yeah <laughs> the olympics I would love it. even if no fans 100 fans the olympics is the olympics okay. yeah
2: it's great when there's a lot of fans like I remember at commonwealth games that was my first ever um senior competition and that was the scariest me of my entire life because the whole entire arena was filled. Like there was no empty seats and he went one at a time. Ugh. Yeah, yeah no. not it was it was it was terrifying. <laughs> I'm
1: sure. So when you went back home for the first time of being like away for so long or even coming back home, like after the Olympics, Ooh. like what was that like? Were you like was your face everywhere? Like. So, um, funny
2: enough, after the Olympics, COVID was still a thing. Ugh. And it came out and you had a quarantine.
1: <laughs> so,
2: I was by
0: so – You never had your moment. You never had, like, your – the
1: Olympics fans
2: all this hype, I was by myself in a house for 10 days. I'm feeling the
1: phone was blowing up. After,
2: after I got out, it was, it was crazy and um, it was like interviews all the time and uh-huh. stuff like that. And I, I honestly, I loved it. <laughs> <laughs> it was just fun, like working so hard and even having like being excited about like an interview was just, it's like the cherry on top. Like, yes, I was very fulfilled, but it's just fun to have like those little moments.
0: <laughs> That's awesome. that is awesome. How did it, um, like and like you said like you represented your country um how like just being the first ever like how does that still to this day make you feel
2: it is still an incredible honor and um it's it's just so crazy how much my life has changed and honestly like just perspective on things have changed since be becoming an olympian and achieving my dream um i think for me, it just really shows that if you put your mind to it and you put it out there and, and you manifest and you pray or whatever you want to call it, that whatever you want to accomplish really can come true if it's meant to. And that was my whole thing was after the Olympics. I didn't want um, gymnastics to end in Cayman, especially. And my goal was to inspire. Although my gymnastics career might be done, I want to help other kids. And. Um, achieve their
0: gymnastics dreams yeah so you said like like you just said your gymnastics career is over so what do you have planned in the future so right now
2: um because it was like my goal after the olympics to inspire i've been coaching since the olympics so i coached that's where i came i had work today um I coach several times a week all different levels all different ages and that's just incredibly fulfilling to even if it's just a skill see little girls happy that they are accomplishing things
1: what age do you coach
2: I coach all the way from six to 18 wow (laughs) yeah big range
1: yeah that's a very big big a lot of different
2: personalities (laughs) and
1: skill I'm sure
2: yeah takes a lot of patience
0: reagan thank you so much for joining us on this podcast we really appreciate it and we hope to hear from you soon thank you guys for having
2: me i had a blast
0: thank you